This podcast has explicitly adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. And now we get into like different tools for rope. Because there's so many different kinds of rope, which I love because they all are different sensations, which is really fun. Your basic, like when you think of bondage rope, the first four different kinds you're going to get are hemp, jute, cotton, and synthetic rope. But there's thousands of other options that you can use. Like we were talking about earlier, you can use just like a little fashion scarf that you have. Obviously you have to use it differently, but you've got a lot of options for just anything that is, I don't know, snake-like in physical nature. Not a snake. You can't use a snake for bondage. Mm. Um, But you can use a snake stuffed animal. You can use a snake stuffed animal because stuffed animals are not sentient and therefore don't need to consent, but snakes can't consent, so you can't use them. But a snake stuffed animal would be a really fun bondage tool. Oh my god, like one of those really long ones. Oh my god, you've done that? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't fancy shit. It just like brought their arms close to their chest and it's just like, ha ha ha, I've got you now. Oh god, I want to do like Garden of Eden, like religious themed role play with that. That'd be so fun. That's Mm -hmm. a fun way of doing it. I wore a cowboy hat. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wild west, y'all. There was a snake in my boot. Now that snake is tying your arms up. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. So we'll also post, there's so many great online resources for comparing different types of rope for what you need and what sensations you like. So we'll post those resources on our website as well so you can really dive in. That being said, these different materials for rope do different things. Like hemp and jute are really, really popular with Eastern philosophy play because they hold knots really, really well. They are not going to move. They are not slippery. I personally don't like using hemp and jute because I hate the texture. I think they're really rough and I don't enjoy them. Yeah. And the reason why they hold together really nicely is because they're fibrous and they're made out of natural fibers. And so those natural fibers, like they create a nice little friction together and it's great. But because they are natural fibers, if anybody has an allergy to those natural fibers, you want to be careful about exposing that to skin or making sure that you're keeping all of your rope in separate based off of like what kind it is. So there's not any sort of cross-contamination. That is a super good point. Yeah. With any product, like including latex products, like people can be allergic to things. So that is another reason to start small with stuff. You kind of want to figure out you have an allergy when something is on your arm, as opposed to when something is on your cunt. Definitely better to figure out your allergies sooner rather than later. And so like, while I haven't personally connected with anybody who has like a hemp or jute allergy, I do know people who have coconut allergies. And as someone who is a frequent user of coconut rope, because sadist, if you haven't heard that already, (laughs) and if you don't know what coconut rope is, Google it. You can get it at any hardware store and it's a piece of shit and it hurts like hell. If they have a coconut allergy, I can't use that rope with them. And I need to make sure that that stays separate from all my synthetic rope that I use. Yeah, that is a super, super good point. And actually, yeah, in a complete opposite, I like certain kinds of pain, but I'm very, I'm a masochist, but I'm a very picky masochist. And uh, the texture of like hemp, jute, and what you just described with coconut rope, not my cup of, not my cup of piss, if you will. Not my cup of piss. I've I've been obsessed. I've been obsessed (laughs) with that term. I need you to know. (laughs) 
And uh, so I actually really prefer synthetic rope. I have cotton rope as well. The cotton rope gets the job done, but synthetic rope, especially I tend to use polypropylene rope. I get it from Agreeable Agony. We will also post a mm. link to that as well. Yeah, I love Agreeable Agony. They do great stuff and they have so many colors and I, mm, I love it. But yeah, so it's a synthetic rope. It's basically just like a combination of a bunch of different like synthetic materials. And I like it because it has sort of like a silky feel to me. It is not silk, but it feels silky, which lends itself to a problem when doing shibari or decorative rope because it, it'll slip and slide around. Like it will move, which can be a problem sometimes, especially, you know, depending on the types of bondage you're doing. It probably would not be super recommended for very specific ties. I just want to throw out there, there's actually a lot of suspension tops who use synthetic and because oh, okay. it is structurally stronger than any natural fiber, mm. you'll see it from like the top of the rig down pretty consistently instead of a natural fiber rope. And then if somebody wants to use natural fiber on the body, they can do that. But a lot will still use uh, synthetic on a person's body. I wouldn't recommend cotton for suspension just because, yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this, my cotton got stretched out over time. Um, cotton was known more, to do that for sure. And so like that is dangerous specifically when doing suspension where like jute and hemp and synthetic, those tend to be structurally more strong, synthetic being the strongest because it is like man-made specifically, made to be super freaking strong, where like, I can't speak to coconut because I haven't been that demonic. Cotton is not recommended. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll see like on all of these websites that we're going to pull in, uh, one's from the Dutchie, which is a really great resource for all things rope bondage. Uh, there's also a website I found when doing research called ropestudy.com, which I'm now obsessed with. They've got such a good 101 tutorial, big fan. I think the rope study one is probably my favorite for this. They have like basically a little interactive click through chart and you can like click on, let's say like polyproline rope that I like. It's also known as MFH rope. Uh, it's a synthetic fiber rope. And you could see like it's, it's very strong. They've got like a little like meter for like how strong it is, but it's uh, very likely to give you rope burns. And it's like medium stretchy as opposed to something like cotton, which is pretty stretchy and like not great in water, but it's very soft. Really great tool. And all of these ropes, they all have pros and cons, right? So if you're doing groundwork or decorative work or want really sensual feelings, cotton can be really great for that because it's super soft. If you want something that's a sensual feeling and a bit harsher, you can do things like jute or hemp or coconut rope, which like, oh my God, like I'm aching just thinking about that. I think just knowing like what you want to use the rope for is a great place to start. Also different ropes are going to cost different like entry points. Uh, mm -hmm. You can actually find a lot of really cost-efficient synthetic rope at uh, your local hardware store. Once for a kinky party that I threw before the pandemic, we gave out rope as like goodie bag favors. So I bought, I think, 200 feet of rope just from my local Lowe's. It was just like white synthetic rope. And I hand cut it. I used a lighter to like melt the edges together, which you can do for synthetic ropes. I made a bunch of little skeins of like 30 feet of rope. Uh, and we gave those out as gifts uh, and not everyone took theirs home. So I have just like a bunch of rope that is all very nicely uniform, which I'm a big fan of. Heck yeah. But then you're going to get into things like the hemp and jute that I have is some of the more expensive purchases that I've made in terms of rope. Synthetic rope, certain types of it can get pricey. What is the price point at Agreeable Agony? I find it reasonable, which doesn't help my collection. I would uh, say Agreeable Agony is like a really good baseline yeah. um of rope just as someone who has a ton of their stuff 
-hmm. I also threw in another uh, supply overview, which is by mm. Shay Blondie, who is a suspension artist out of the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. Fucking fabulous human being. I've been able to take classes with them previously and like lovely. Not only do they have like this overview of supplies from like a suspension perspective and what kind of supplies you want to be looking for and what different things will do. They also have some really cool video tutorials on different harnesses that are suspension worthy as well. And it's just free to access. So I highly recommend looking through that website as well. Hell yeah. Sorry, I'm scrolling through it right now. I love it. This is great. Oh yeah. No, Shay's great. Shay yeah. is fucking fabulous. Um, I hope to be able to see him again at some point, but I live on the other side of the country. So it's just not happening anytime soon. On porch. And it's also really interesting seeing the like break strength of a lot of ropes. Mm -hmm. uh, like jute can only go up to like 300 pounds, yep. which is not all that much. Whereas mm -hmm. things like nylon and synthetic ropes can go easily over a thousand pounds, yep. um, which makes sense because these ropes were designed for things like tugging cars and boats and stuff. It's nuts. And now they're really good at holding people. And now they're really good at holding people. <laughs> Uh, another good component for carrying capacity, as it were, especially those of you attaching handles to your rope submissives, uh, yes. or rope bottoms, uh, I yes. suppose, they're not always submissives, uh, is actually also the rope thickness as well. I tend to buy six millimeter rope, which is pretty standard for Agreeable Agony and their synthetic blends. It's going to be about a quarter of an inch. They also have a little bit thicker for like eight millimeter. And you can find ropes that are smaller. You can find ropes that are like four millimeter and such. But the, the thinner the rope is, you kind of have to continue with two different things one it is more likely to break thinner rope even if it is synthetic it's just not going to be as sturdy as a thicker rope of the same material additionally thinner rope is much more likely to cut into like the skin it's going to dig in a lot more firmly so even if you have like a thin rope you can make it thicker by basically folding the rope in half and doubling how you tie with it and that's sort of what iris was talking about earlier like the bite that's the word for that little bent part in the rope. You can also, a uh, great standard practice, especially with like cuffs or like binding ties, is you just wrap several times. You make like a big area of pressure so the pressure is more diffuse on the body. And it's just easier to do that when you have thicker rope because you don't have to wrap as many times. Unless you want to. I'm a big fan of mummification via rope. Uh, if I can just cover an entire leg in rope, it's a good afternoon. That takes a lot of time though, and I don't always have that kind of time. Now, thinner rope is going to be easier to do intricate detail work with. You're probably going to want thinner rope if you're doing things like finger bondage, uh, certain types of or genital toes. bondage, or toes. Yeah, definitely. And it really depends on kind of what you want to do with it. I think the standard six millimeter is a great place to start. It's pretty adaptable for what you want to do while still being pretty safe. Yes. And then like one other rope option that like you definitely can't do suspension with and you can do minimal groundwork with and it's more for just like being a dick um, <laughs> is elastic based ropes, uh, which oh. you can also get in any hardware store. They're great because you can easily just flick somebody with it after you tie them and it's like a rubber band all over their entire Ooh. body and it hurts like a bitch and it's a very sharp stingy pain. So as a, like an impact person who likes sensation and likes rope because of sensation, I love elastic rope. It's so silly. It's so fun. It's so shitty. I wouldn't want it done to me. <laughs> Oh you know <laughs> what a what a sentence i think that's also something you'd probably want to be very mindful of where you're putting it oh yeah of course yeah that's one of those ones where like if you when you see the you know chart we've shown off where they're like ah uh, yes you want to avoid like 
the outside of the kneecap. Now, when I'm doing like six wraps of my six millimeter rope, I'm not as worried about that area as I would be if I'm doing elastic rope in that section. Um, right. But like elastic rope, depending on like where people are sensitive and stuff, like I have done a chest harness with elastic rope and I went right across somebody's nipples because I knew their nip knops were fucking sensitive. And it's like, okay, I don't even have to pull hard but I just have to pull a little bit and I know it's going to hurt like hell and they're going to like it or they're going to hate me. And we negotiated this. Terrifying. They liked it. It was great. I had a lot of fun. I wouldn't recommend it around genitals because genitals tend to be really sensitive in general, but like thighs, fuck yeah. Elastic on a thigh. That's pretty fun. Probably not for like intricate stuff between like fingers and toes mm. because elastic does constrict and we like our fingers and toes to stay intact. And you can do other fun things with fingers and toes. Definitely something where you want to be really mindful of blood flow and nerves. I mean, it's the things that nurses tie around your arm to like stop blood flow when they're taking your blood, right? Um, no. <laughs> One second. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited to find out what this is. Hello. Once again, Hello. from Iris's show and tell closet, yes. this is my elastic rope. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so it stretches pretty well mm-hmm. and it it's mean. But yeah, just looking at the rope you have, it seems to like, unlike a rubber band where it's very, very small, like this is a huge, like- It's like a giant loop. hair tie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a, a hair tie for like the Statue of Liberty. So it's, it's very, very- um, It matches my hair right now. I love it that. does. It's the exact same shade of yellow. I love that. Anyways. Yeah, okay, just seeing that, like, kind of changes how I've been thinking about it. It's still mean. It's, yeah, you can still snap it, you know, like, once you attach it to a spot, it's not going to just keep constricting, no. like, unendingly. No, it's like a hair tie, and yet you kind of treat it like a hair tie on the body, just like a bigger one. Gotcha. I love that. When it comes to what I would recommend as, like, ties to learn... I like this list and I will put this list uh, as well as the reference videos for it. You do have to log into YouTube to see these YouTube videos, which I think is frustrating, but understandable. These four basic ties are really just the building blocks to do whatever else you want. Um, Mm -hmm. Once you know these things, you can kind of do whatever you want. Uh, You can establish just about any scene you want. And they're really good like scaffolding tools, right? Like once you know how to do a one column tie and a two column tie, you can learn all the other complicated things that you're interested in. And then you get to like test out different things because like once you have a one column or two column done, that's when you get to play with tension because you know how to attach the rope to the body for the initial point. Tension's the fun part. And I went to this really amazing class bound in Boston several years ago at this point where one of the activities was you have one knot that you can do and the rest of it you just do tension oh unless you're extending the rope and it's like and that's like a good skill too learning how to attach one rope to another rope because you'd think it'd be very simple but it's there's like a secret to it (laughs) but yeah and if anyone has like any questions about specific ties i'd be happy to you know not show my face or anything but like just set up my camera focusing on my hands, I'd be happy to do rope tutorials. Heck yeah, that'd be fun. Learning the basics when I was kind of doing this fun little mountain climbing (laughs) class with my friends, uh, these were what I taught. Um, It was really fun doing the basic chest harness with people and that like part of the design when you have a lot of leftover rope, especially when you're tying on like smaller bodies with 30 feet of rope, you're going to have a lot of leftover rope and you can just wrap that pretty neatly into a handle. And uh, I had a friend where I like had my hand on the handle and I asked her, I'm like, can I like 
pull you around like do I have your consent to do that and she's like yeah sure and I like yanked her backwards and like I watched her eyes become filled with stars like it was I awakened something in her it was enchanting I literally went to the rope bike closest to me at this point maybe a couple months ago and I went to like the beginner's class being like it's been a while I always want to relearn the basics and I went there and I'm like going through it and they're like oh we're doing this 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 and this and it's like ah, I can see what you're doing on the model I'll just like catch up it's fine and I'm doing that and like with the extra I'm making a handle and they're like what are you doing and just like oh you know a good hip handle for all your hip handle needs no it's useful it's important well and it's not only useful it's a really great way to just not have your rope dragging around all over the place like I enjoy the handles for function as well as aesthetic it's a really great way to just tuck all that extra rope and it looks nice I mean you could also do like really fancy like knot um weaving as well around knots and like that looks aesthetically beautiful and takes about just as much time as a handle (laughs) that's true actually in terms of resources, aside from uh, Twisted Monk is actually the resource where a lot of these videos are from. Uh, I think they're great. They have a lot of good resources that aren't behind a paywall, which is really cool. They have more resources behind a paywall, which, you know, give them your money. While videos are great for most people and a lot of people learn that way, I love being able to see an image and kind of sit with the image and go at whatever speed I need to go at. Even more so, like sometimes I know the beginning of a thing and I've forgotten how to do the end of it. So I can just flip a lot faster than scrubbing through a video. So Shibari you can use and more Shibari you can use are two titles of books that I really enjoy. These are going to be mostly decorative ties as well as a lot of functional ties, a lot of tying limbs to other limbs. I'm a big fan of it, but yeah, and that's a really great like jumping off point for learning like very visually specific ties. I didn't talk about asymmetrical rope, but I feel like people got the gist when I said one free limb. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could definitely talk about that because it it is a good conceptual counterpoint to my sort of preference for rope, Um, especially with self bondage. It is hard to get things perfectly aligned because you know the more I tie myself up, the harder it is to adjust the ties. So I'll get like one leg tie really like gorgeous and beautiful and perfect and like I'll tie it to the side of my bed and then I'll go do the other one and I'm like this doesn't look the same as the other one it functions the same but it's not as pretty and stuff like that drives me nuts and when I'm tying on another person I can futz with it as much as I want because that's usually what they want me to do um Mm -hmm. and when it comes to being a rope top I tend to lean towards whatever the rope bottom is interested in if they want something that is just functional and want me like pull them around and tease them like happy to do that if they want something really beautiful I've done rope for photography I'm happy to do that as well because I love making something really beautiful and specific so I'm I'm happy to do whatever you know the receiver of the rope is interested in because I just like feeling the act of creating something in that regard uh but as a rope bunny uh which is a colloquial term for being rope bottom when you're also cute and adorable I like the function of it, of course. I like the feeling of being completely immobile. I love the pressure of it. But so much of my being tied is done by myself. So it's hard for me to imagine what it would be like with other people just because I haven't had a ton of experience with that. I feel like at that point, I would be kind of so far gone enjoying myself. I wouldn't really worry about the aesthetics. But I get really caught up in like, how the rope looks on me. Like I want it to look a certain way. I want it to frame me a certain way. I like rope as something that visually enhances me. I'm a very like fashion focused person as well. And I think that sort of extends to how I play with rope. So I tend to be more drawn to symmetrical and intentional design and things like that, which of course slows down my tying speed. But I I love hearing that in conjunction with you saying like, oh yes, we've left one limb out. I'm like, but why? (laughs) Because I can. 
I think it's really interesting that like symmetry and beauty I'm just like I need functionality and what the fuck annoys somebody <laughs> um what will get in the way but still work that is what drives me <laughs> when tapping while doing rope and that is not everybody's cup of tea a lot of people don't want to play with me just for the sake of like yeah no that's gonna mess with like my personal equilibrium or like for people who are ADHD that would like really fuck with somebody sometimes or for somebody who like actually quite a few different like mental health stuff going on like that will fuck with someone but me and my little autistic hole it's just like oh, 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 I'm going to fuck with the things and make them happen and it's going to be grand and I could do symmetry I've done it before I've made many a beautiful thing I don't get as much joy out of it mm-hmm. and I then that's, that's me being yeah. yeah and then that becomes me being more of like a service top situation instead of being like I am dominating you and we have both consented to the chaos well and it speaks to just like the wide range of options you get with rope where like you can do so much with it because it is literally just like a lifeless snake on the floor and you're the one breathing life into it i also loved when you were like ah yes the autism gremlin going to do a crazy chaotic tie and i'm over here like autism is a spectrum and i am on that spectrum in the other other form where everything needs to be (laughs) a certain way and i like i like my textures i like these textures and i don't like these textures (laughs) I think that's part of my autism, not necessarily with like the more analytical, like getting shit done and like making things look nice. Because I like that big spreadsheet person. However, from like a understanding another person perspective, the chaos is fun because reactions. Ooh, yeah, that's fair. And the symmetry does not cause as many reactions where the asymmetry and like the fun elastic stuff and the coconut rope and just being a gremlin causes reactions. Yeah. Absolutely it does. I love that perspective because usually people think of bondage as like the side dish to causing whatever reaction they're causing. Like the person is tied down and you know, you're using a vibrator on them or the person's tied down and you're spanking them or something. But I love that philosophy of, but the idea of bondage in and of itself is the instigator of reactions. Oh yeah. And the instigator of emotion. I love that. Because I, I like tying in and of itself as a main focus in terms of like pressure and in terms of like the art creation. Oh yeah. You've got like sensation and pressure and tension and like you can get all of that, but it's also like the interaction of me with another human being. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And what kind of reactions? Like, can I be super sexy and kind of slutty and turn them on? Oh no, you're stuck in bondage. Poor you. Boohoo. I'll continue to be a fucking tease. And I'm just gonna like be a kind of a dick during this time. And that'll be lovely. You can do so much with rope. And I actually think it's like the main course of a lot of scenes that I've had. Hell yeah. It's not a side dish. It is a main course in its own. I love that. Yeah, tying in all that psychology with it and like the mental fuckery. I love that. The mental fuckery, the DS dynamic, the whatever the fuck you agreed to do with another human being you don't even need rope like you could just do hypnosis and being like ah i'm tying you (laughs) and make it look like you're tying and they're stuck and they still get the same interaction bondage can just do so fucking much you can do so much exploring with it whether it is rope whether it is tape whether it is elastic a headscarf a snake stuffed animal whatever you do lots of options yeah, there's so so many options also in terms of like the many uses of bondage one of my favorite discoveries with self-tying so uh i'm not like a very flexible person just on the whole but i love tying up both of my legs and then throwing the rope over my headboard behind me 
and pulling. So my legs end up over my head. And originally I was doing that for like sex reasons, but then I realized in no position is my back in less pain than when my legs are up. <laughs> and every so often if my back really hurts and I like deal with it sometimes by just like holding my knees to my chest, but that's like a lot of tension on my arms. So <laughs> if my back hurts, sometimes I'll just like tie myself up and like, I'm not even doing like anything sexy or fun. I'm just like, this is stress relief. <laughs> yeah. And like, you can do some really fun and helpful, like spinal extensions with rope that don't get talked about. Or you can use rope, not even just doing a fucking tie, just having it wrapped around your feet and being able to clean and pull yourself a little bit more forward um, and getting a little bit more hip mobility. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope this was a good kind of overview of where to start with rope and like kind of what there is to explore because there is so, so much to explore. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, if you have any questions about like a specific tie or like how to do something, I am happy to record a tutorial or if I don't have time to record it, we can probably find it for you online. Or if you have any other kinky questions, uh, send us your queries at kinkyqueries at gmail.com follow us on twitter at kinky queries or check out our website that's going to be kinkyqueries.com that's k-i-n-k-y-q-u-e-e-r-i-e-s yeah thanks for listening i'm so excited you suggested this episode iris i love talking about rope we haven't talked bondage though we keep talking about bondage <laughs> yeah i think that's very very fair well, and I just love the fact that we are both fairly knowledgeable about bondage and have very just, different perspectives. Yeah, very different philosophies about it, which I think is just so great to showcase personally. Yes. Um, that sparks a lot of joy in my heart. <laughs>